to the Rockman Show. It's time for Rockman to give his opinions, his views, and his thoughts on life and rock. So grab a beer, buckle in, and get ready to rock. the dating apps i don't know why i don't know why i do this shit to me to myself to me myself and i, I, I it just doesn't make sense i know what you get why i'm look i'm a nice guy looking for a nice girl you know what i'm saying <gasps> john come on let's not take it down that low already Anyway, uh, we'll get into dating apps a little bit, but we got something interesting tonight. We got a guest. This guy comes all the way from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, mate. He's traveled many moons to get on this show. Actually, we've been trying to get this done for years, and uh, today is the first day. So let's introduce the one, the only, Mr. Lee. Lee. Greetings, Redman. How goes it? That's going all right. I'm fucking with dating apps. I guess you heard. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I don't know what to say, except uh, this is one of those occasions where I might actually agree with Big John. Really? You think <laughs> I'm thinking with my dick? Um, you yeah, think so? Who's this guy in the it's Ragman John and Tonight Lee. I did not authorize any sort of special guest on this show. McCheese did. Okay, noted. So yeah, Colin uh, gave the green light, said this was cool, he liked the idea, and here we are. So, sorry about that, Lee. You know, John likes to interrupt from time to time. Well, you know, so, I haven't seen, I haven't actually seen John in decades, but um, suddenly, John visions are filling my head, and I'm not sure. Like, I'm still here in the in the area that Sir Nigel would uh, probably describe as Nunmore Cowtown. 
especially <laughs> on this, especially on this weekend where Fort Worth starts the annual rodeo and stock show. Wow, but it's not as big as uh, Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, is it? I'm not sure. I would think so, since Fort Worth is regarded as where the West begins, and Eamon yeah. Carter uh, deemed it such. It's quite the big city tradition for sure. In fact, until your comment there, I wasn't even aware that H Town had one itself. Oh fuck, dude, it's huge. It's uh, people are jerking themselves off everywhere over the rodeo. They do every year. Uh, actually, that's where I saw Journey last year. Oh really? Yeah. So. Uh, in the NRG Stadium, so it's like, so is the Dallas Fort Worth one? Is it at the uh, where the Cowboys play, AT&T Stadium, or is it a little bit smaller venue? Oh no, it's actually uh, you. You're referring to the stock show, right? The stock show in that radio. Yeah. Okay, right. No, uh, that's actually in the Fort Worth uh, Will Rogers Complex, um, and it's scattered between facilities there and the Fort Worth Stockyards. And yeah, you're 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 thinking of uh, Arlington. No, this is this is total Fort Worth. Which, oh, okay. Which Fort Worth is known as Cowtown, so it's 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 pretty appropriate. It's almost like um, thinking of Mardi Gras in New New Orleans. Yeah. I just hit the button. Sorry about that, man. He thinks he's a fucking riot up there. Well, you know, I couldn't understand a word John says, and some some things haven't changed because I'm I'm grateful for that. <laughs> well, I tell you what, uh, we started the show with under oath, hallelujah, uh, and uh, I gave Lee a little bit of homework tonight. He's not a fan of some of the newer school stuff. I want to get your thoughts on this song in particular because I think there's some cool stuff going on. Uh, musically there. I think the guy's really talented. I've seen him a few times live. Uh, but wanted to get your thoughts on the song. Uh, myself, uh, I'm a big fan of it. I like how it speeds up. It gets really powerful with like chorus, uh, with kind of like the kids singing, and then they're kind of a really cool dark groove uh, before it kicks back into the verses. Uh, to me, it's one of those songs that just, I love it. Whenever it comes on my Spotify playlist, I just fucking... Screaming along with the guy. So, what are your thoughts? What did you think of that? And then, you know, briefly, kind of just tell me um, what uh, you think of like this new genre of music. I know you're not a big fan, so kind of tell us why, and uh, I'll shut up. <laughs> well, first of all, I really appreciate the um, dynamics. It opens. It's really atmospheric, and it has a sound and approach that really builds. And as you just described it has many different sections with different vocal entries different types of vocals and um yes you are definitely correct i definitely am no fan in general of the uh metalcore genre or the other newer genres and this this definitely isn't um i guess what you would call um cliche metalcore i mean there's a lot more going on instrumentally and vocally it's just, I don't know, I just, for some reason, I just can't get into this sort, sort of music. Of course, it isn't bad. I mean, if you if you enjoy it, mission accomplished, great. But I don't know, I just, I can't really get 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 into it. I I, I, I respect it, but, uh, you know, a, a guy can't like everything. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, it's not for everybody. And uh, I will tell you a funny story because you know the wino. When he was down from Seattle, I played him some pop punk. He's like, get this shit off the radio. I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, well, it's not his thing. He's into, like, really stoner metal and stoner rock right now. So uh, it's not everybody's thing. I just uh, – I don't know. I, I almost – it's weird. And I, I'd like to get your opinion on this. The older I get, I think the less I listen to some of the classic music that I was bred on. I mean, I'll listen to it, but I don't know. I, my playlist is a lot of newer music and not so much classic stuff. So mm. kind of curious with you. Do you generally listen to more classic stuff and gravitate towards those artists or do you – I know you explore new music. You you have one of the highest musical palettes of anyone I know. But, I mean, what, what do you mainly look for in your music? Are you looking for some of the established bands of old? Or you, look, well, you don't really look into, like, doer music or just the style that you love? Well, first of all, let me give a shout-out to our Seattle brother. I definitely love his reaction. I definitely am into a lot of the uh, stoner and stoner slash doom bands for sure. But it's funny that you should mention the older you get, the the less into, I guess, what you called a lot of the classic music that you used to like. Whereas I find myself exactly the opposite. Because although if I like something, Chances are I will like it forever, and that's definitely the case. But yeah, um, I find, though, that most of the new music I'm into, or most of the new music I'm discovering, isn't new at all. In fact, it's new to me. Like, um, as you just said, I mean, I, I definitely keep up with newer music through various online resources and different web shows that I see, different streaming services and things. So I, I definitely am not some old old codger who who uh, closes his ears and says, get off your lawn, get off my lawn, because I definitely hear it. But I'm more into, in terms of newer music, I'm into new music that the bands that I'm into are, are, are still making. It's like there's lots of classic bands that are still around, and they're recording great new music. It's just the problem is that most of their fans only want to hear those early hits that sort of remind them of high school days and nostalgia. And yeah, that that's great too, but music has to move forward. It has to grow, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, dude, I'm parched, uh, Mr. G. Will you uh, give me a beer, sir? Yeah.
Unfortunately, he's not going to have this beer with me, but I will tell you what it tastes like and looks like. So, ah, 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 ah. Uh, John, give it a towel. Oh, my God. Oh. No, I don't, sir. Just wipe it up, my feet. You wear jeans? <laughs> no. <laughs> Jesus. He's still one of the fucking jocks. It's like 40 degrees outside. Jeez. Fucking guy. All right. Uh, let me pour this bad boy. Oh, look at this liquid gold, my friend. Actually, the next song we're going to play <laughs> is going to describe what I'm drinking over here. So tonight... I've got the Parish, the Vermillionaire, because I think they're in near Vermillion Parish in Louisiana. It's just a beautiful, beautiful fucking beer. I, I can't see shit. The monkey's not doing shit for me tonight. Plus, it doesn't help. I'm half fucking deaf and blind. Uh, let's see. Yeah, double IPA, Citra Hops, uh, Citra Spectrum, Citra... Turing and Strata. Fuck, dude. There's a lot of citrus in this motherfucker. Oh, and as soon as I open the can, I'm like, fuck. You know how Genghis and I used to... Uh, oh, fuck. There, I did make a mess over here. Um, Genghis and I used to talk about the odor, or not odor, but essence that comes out of the can once you open it. And, dude, this one, as soon as I pop the top, I'm like, Fuck. I think I just uh, opened a can of orange juice over here. It's so wow. strong. So uh, uh, the look of it is really hazy, golden. Uh, a lot of lacing on the uh, the head of the uh, glass here. All right. So far, we're looking at all fours. So this is actually going to be the first beer I've rated on the show because the other two were not rateable. Don't is ask. It, is it more like the uh, the color of a, uh, of a good hut? Hypervisin? Yeah, I would say that. It almost looks like a Hypervisin. It's uh, golden, hazy. You can't see through it. And uh, just a lot of head on this one, which you don't always see on these double IPAs. So I take that back. You do on most of them, the good ones at least. All right, let me click myself. Oh, yes. Hmm. Really citrusy, kind of creamy. A little bitter sweetness at the end, like a uh, grapefruit peel. Fucking A, dude. Force, force. John, hit the horns. That said, I'll play a song. Cool. This is a band called Destroy, Rebuild, Until God Shows, or Drugs. And uh, something that uh, Lee and I are going to talk about here in a minute are concerts. And this is a show I'm going to see on February 3rd. So this song's called Gold.
right, Lee. So, uh, me playing more new music. I like your perspective. Uh, I guess one last question before we get into some of the other stuff we wanted to chat about would be what happens – a lot of these guys are aging, right? So what happens when a lot of these bands say in the next 10 years are just done? Well, that's the question. That's the eternal question that all of us rock fans are constantly pondering. And basically, if you sort of move back and look at history and the perspective, I hate to say this, but I really think we are nearing the edge. We are nearing the end of what I call the the arena rock age. Because, I mean, jazz had its time, and then, I guess, rock took over. And then we are now at a stage where basically the survival of this depends on the audience, of course. If there's no demand, then there's not going to be any more new Metallicas. There's not going to be any more U2s or Iron Maidens or Journeys or any of these big arena acts that we've grown up with. Because I don't know about you, but I, I talk quite often with younger younger listeners, and they're not really that into the live, live experience. Well, they are into the live experience, but sort of this... Uh, background noise to their to their club activities and uh, I don't know um, I I can't really see any bands replacing the current mega arena bands on 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 that scale so oh, I, wow. yeah so I'm so I really think that this was a special age we happened to grow up in and I'm not sure about you I'm, I wanted to ask you what you think about replacement players in existing bands like like bands that that change lineups and some bands the best example is foreigner which um except for the occasional appearance of mick jones it's all basically replacement musicians and is really a cover band and uh you know at first several years ago i was definitely that really rubbed me the wrong way but then i thought well it's really the music that's the most important thing and when i go to a symphony Am I pissed off that, that uh, Beethoven's original orchestra of hundreds of years ago aren't performing? No, it's it's current musicians playing that historic music. And I consider you and I privileged to have grown up in this generation of the bands that wrote and performed this material. Because I think hundreds of years from now, yeah, the music will still be great, but it'll be passed on to new new musicians. What's what's your take on that, Redman? Uh, I feel the same way. I think it's a little weird, especially the whole Fordner thing basically being uh, a band with no original members uh, right. going out there and touring. And it kind of leads to the KISS mentality of Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley, where when they first said that, I was like, there's no fucking way. I mean, they're two different kinds of bands, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but with Fordner, they did it right, man. They got Kelly Hansen, a guy that's a seasoned vocalist and just sounds amazing uh you got jeff pilson on bass uh, i don't know who fills in on guitar for for mick jones when he's out uh but there's somebody else play. It, it's basically a bunch of 80s guys that got in foreigner that came from like 80s bands right for the most part exactly mm-hmm. oh yeah um i was just gonna say if you go to if you go to most concerts um a lot of people in the audience aren't even aware of who is in the band. I mean, as long as they see the logo on the marquee, 
and and they get to hear jukebox hero then they're cheering and and they're walking away happy so i well, think you know i mean except for the diehards like us right who know every single credit on every single album yeah i mean most most of your like fair weather casual fans don't don't either don't care or they they're they're just in in for the music well, and what's what's really depressing you know you touched on journey um, the last couple of times I saw them, while they performed fantastically, they're totally boring to me live because all they play are the hits. And I mean, I've seen the hits a million times. Like um, Neil Sean, a few years ago, he had a few shows in California with uh, what he dubbed Journey Through Time. And it was him performing all the classic Journey and all the deep tracks that we want to hear. And it got a great reception, and he planned to roll that out on a national basis. But evidently, the uh, the cash cow proved too enticing, so he sort of surrendered to the fact that yeah, Journey is just basically um, a legacy act now. That's sort of uh, you know just sort of per- performing to the audience and what 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 the casuals want to hear. And uh, you know, I'm. Of course, the whole subject of journey. We could talk for three hours about the yeah. about the soap opera that's going on right now. But what what are your thoughts about all that? Well, I'll tell you something funny uh, regarding Foreigner. Uh, my dad is 81 years old, and a few years ago he he knew Foreigner back in the day, but he's retired and watches Access TV. He saw this concert. And uh, was just all about it. He goes, what do you think about Foreigner? That Kelly Hansen, man, that guy can sing. He had no even idea that Lou Graham was the original vocalist. That's right. He was a Kelly Hansen fan. I was like, Dad, he used to be in a really good hard rock band called Hurricane That's back right. in the day. Uh, at least the second record was good, the one with Doug Aldrich, uh, Slave to the uh, Thrill. But uh, he didn't know. So... I don't know. I'm weird. So with Foreigner, I was actually gonna go to their one of these tours they were doing a couple years ago, and I went out of town. I missed it, but just to see Kelly Hansen because I'd only seen him live once with Hurricane in a club, uh, and I like Pilsen and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, as far as Journey, it's a little bit harder for me, and just being basically Jonathan King and Steve, uh, Neil Sean. Uh, one point, Ross Valerie and you know uh, Steve Smith were still in the band, but the vocalist say has really bugged me. Um, Steve Augury, I was fine when he was in the band. Jeff Scott Soto, I was all about that shit. When they fucked uh, Jeff Scott Soto, I really got a sour taste in my mouth for them. And then they get this kid, Arnel Pineda, very talented guy, very talented, but basically a karaoke singer. Uh, and you know the whole thing with Steve Perry and Sean and all that stuff just a fucking mess I mean all their dirty laundry's out there kind of like you said the whole like Jonathan Cain thing now Greg Raleigh's going to join him this year uh, it's just hard for me to say oh I gotta go fucking buy a ticket to that the only reason I saw Journey last year at the rodeo was because my friend's like you love Journey so I bought you a ticket I'm like okay Oh, it'll be fun. I'm with a lot of good friends, and we'll go have a good time. But if – would I just go on my own? Probably not. 
uh, with Greg Raleigh out there dangling the carrot this year. I'm tempted, but I still don't know. Uh, the whole thing with the way they treated Jeff Scott Soto, maybe just because I'm a homer and I've interviewed him a few times, and the guy's such a great dude. Uh, sour taste. Uh, let, let me tell you, I am with you on Jeff Scott Soto because, um, as you may remember, um, both Jeff and Neil were in this band called Soul Circus. Do you yeah. remember that? Oh, that, I love that record. It was cool as shit. A, that was a fantastic album. I love to this day. That I I love that album. I highly. We should play something off that. Oh yeah. You have a song in in your head or no? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the most the most obvious one, new new position. Great video too. Fucking little soul circus pulling out some old shit, obscure old shit. I like it. Like also, it. dude. Also, dude. Um, um, speaking of journey, yeah. I mean, I saw them last year, but the only reason I went was because Toto opened, and of course, yeah. And of course, I know that Toto is kind of the punching bag to lots of listeners. They consider them like geek rock or whatever, but I'm a huge. Toto fan, and that's also that's also the main reason I'm seeing Journey this year. Um, Toto actually comes back and plays Dallas um, in just a couple months, and then they play no, actually next month, and then they play Austin the next night, and I'll be I'll be there too. So it'll be interesting to see. Of course, Neil and Jonathan Cain are still embroiled in this huge legal dispute mere weeks before the tour gets underway. So. It should be interesting seeing how everything rolls out, don't you think? Oh, yeah. I think they'll be professional about it. I mean, that, oh, yeah. they were probably having problems last year, too. Uh, but I think they're keeping it professional on stage. They're not going to pull a dock and then start fighting <laughs> <laughs> and shit right. like that. But, well, you know, for sure. You know, I guess to answer your question, just to bring another aspect to it is, for me, is... I guess bands that have dirty laundry, like Foreigner, if they had dirty laundry, we don't know. Uh, another band, Kiss. The way they treated Ace and Peter, I don't really give a fuck about Kiss. I like when if they came on, they came on the final tour. I was like, no, no, I don't care to go. I, I've seen them enough. And I just, I don't know. Maybe I'd accept Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer more. I accept Eric Singer more than I do Tommy Thayer, just because he was in the right. band previously. But when he's up there being Peter Chris and he's singing Beth, I'm like, fuck me, dude. No, 
it's kind of sacrilege to the hardcore fans. Again, like you said, for the average Joe that doesn't have a fucking clue, that's who they're catering to now more than the hardcore fans, I mm-hmm. think. You know, you know, as you say, um, yeah, I mean, I don't blame Tommy or Eric because they were they were hired to do a job and they do a job. I just I just have never liked the fact that they got hired specifically to impersonate um, Ace and Peter, especially Ace. I mean, Tommy Thayer mimics Ace's style totally, but what what about one of the few things that really gets me about the lineup is like you you mentioned Beth, but what really gets me is when Tommy Thayer does shock me, which mm-hmm. is a which which is a personal story about Ace actually getting electrocuted. I mean, it isn't I mean, it isn't about the spaceman. It's about Ace Freely and what he went through. And and with Tommy singing that, it's just sort of drugs me as very disingenuous, you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Agree hundred percent. Well, uh Lee, we're getting tight on time, so you had mentioned you wanted to mention and I, I want to give you guys a little bit of story on Lee. He's actually a rock journalist, so this guy's been doing it for years, and uh, we were roommates in college, so uh, we've been friends for a lot of years. The tales we could tell. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, that, hey, that's a, I think that's a Mr. Big album title or something like that. Uh, <laughs> but, no, seriously, uh, so Lee is very versed. He's really uh, knowledgeable in rock. I have a lot of respect for the gentleman. Uh, so, Lee, you want to tell the fans or fan or two how you and I connected as friends, became roommates for a bit, and been friends ever since? Absolutely. I will never forget. I was relatively – we both met at Southwest Texas State University, which is now known as Texas State University in San Marcos, Texas. And one night, shortly after I moved there and became a student, one night I was in the weight room working out when I looked across and I saw this guy in a Hawaiian t-shirt and I was like, he's one of me. I got, <laughs> I, I got to know this guy. So I walked over, introduced myself, and it turns out we lived in dorms right next to each other. And uh, before we knew it, they were building this fancy schmancy new dorm on the other side of campus and we both decided to become roommates. And we've been friends ever since. And this was, what, 1986? Yeah, I think 1986, yeah, something like that. Long, long time ago, for sure. But, yeah, and if you look back at it, that's how I met a lot of my friends. You know, you would be in a record store or you'd be somewhere and you'd see a shirt. It's like, they're, he's my people. It's like um, Kiefer, another friend of ours from college. I was in the cafeteria one day. I saw this guy wearing an Uli John Ross shirt. I said, I I got to know this guy. And to this day he's 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 a close friend. So it's 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 really amazing how we connect, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. And true story, Mr. Kiefer actually tried out for Megadeth back in the day. So the guy is so bloody talented, it's just insane how talented that guy is. So uh now he teaches orchestra and shit like that. Uh one, maybe I'll get him on the show one day. We'll see what happens. You never know. You never know. Oh, yeah. Ask, um, uh, 
not not only about Megadeth, but ask about um, when he auditioned for the Mighty Watchtower. Oh yes, yeah, this guy's fucking. I mean, he's a fucking guitar monster. I saw this guy so many times back in the day. Uh, that was like, I don't know if I was a super fan or whatever, but I knew the whole band, hung out with them a bit. I helped them, I guess, get in and out of some clubs with uh, like equipment shit like that back in the day too. And believe it or not, Kiefer's uh, one band, Quoting Red, let me open up for them acoustically. And uh, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but that's when I really connected with my ex-wife. Oh! Oh no. <laughs> so I don't know if that was a good omen or a bad omen, but no, seriously, I mean, that happened. And uh, played for a bar tap. How about that? Ragman paying uh-huh. for a bar tap. Who would guess? Who would have thought? Who would have figured? So, um, anyway, real quickly, before we shut her down here, uh, let's go through a brief Q1 concert calendar. So, we're in Q1 now. So, you guys that don't know what Q1 is, we're talking about January, February, March. That's Q1. So, Lee, it's your turn. Tell me what shows you're going to see for the next three months. All right. Well, I have quite a few great shows coming up. As I just mentioned, I see Journey and Toto on February 27th in Austin's Moody Center. And then I see Queensryche um, in March in uh, Dallas. And to tell you the truth, uh, the first couple of times I saw the Toddler Tour lineup, I was rather nonplussed. I mean, they put out three really solid heavy metal albums, and they just sort of fell flat live. But when I saw them open for Judas Priest the past two times on Judas Priest's uh, latest tour, they were on fire, and the new album is fantastic. Anyway, as for other concerts, I see um, going to see Eric Johnson soon, uh, uh, ZZ Top and Skinner. I've never seen Leonard Skinner before. And uh, let's see, I'm also going to see... At long last, after two or three cancellations, Loudness returns in May. I can't wait for that. Yeah, that's going to be killer. Uh, and, hadn't seen then, them since the 80s. Oh, oh wow. Well, remember, um, one of my most memorable concerts of the 80s, when, when I saw Keel, the Right to Rock tour, which the Right to Rock may mean something to you. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, Keel, Keel opened for the Thunder in the East tour loudness and then backstage at that show i remember uh daryl abbott who a lot of readers know is dimebag he actually met met with mark ferrari and for a while we all thought that pantera was going to get signed to a gold gold mountain which was what uh keel keel was signed to at the time but needless to say history took a different path and right our our local boys became the greatest metal force of the 90s but of course, every, everyone knows that story. But anyway, um, I have lots of other concerts coming out, too. Um, let's see. A few smaller club shows. I, I can't really think of um, what the top of my head right now, but those are just a few that lay ahead. How about with you? Um, so my first real show of the year is going to be on the 30th of this month. I'm going to go see We Came as Romans. Uh, and then after that, on the 3rd of February, I'm going to go see Drugs. 
who we just heard a little bit ago. And then the night after Drugs, I'm going to see Parkway Drive. So I'm going to see three concerts in one week. It's been done. I think I did four in one week last year. So haven't topped that yet. So after that, uh, I thought about Papa Roach and Falling in Reverse. Probably won't make that. I'll be coming back from New Orleans from a bachelor party. So I might skip a week or I may do a show from New Orleans. Maybe drunk. That would be fun. Uh, And then after that, August Burns Red at House of Blues. That's one that I'm debating on. And then uh, the Wonder Years, not to be confused with the Fred Savage show. I'm going to see them. I've got my tickets for that. And that is on the 23rd of February. And then after that, I'm going to see a band called that I don't really know that well. They're called Our Last Night. Uh, the main reason I'm going is for Rain City Drive. But I checked out our last night. They're pretty cool. And my friend Haley that I met from So What, she might come down and join me for that one. So that could be a lot of fun. And then after that, Fit for a King on March 17th. And I fucking love them. I played them on show one. And uh, they're just fucking brutal as hell. Hey, and they're from your hometown, Dallas. And uh, the next one is the Hell's Heroes pre-party. Which I was really excited about because Destruction was on the bill, and they dropped off. But Mm. they were replaced yesterday by Violets. So, kind of a, I wouldn't say even trade. I still would kind of rather see Destruction more, but I'm going to go. My buddy Dustin uh, is going to be down, and I I have several friends going to the show. So, And then there's like this Hellstar, James Rivera thing. Uh, after party at the club next door, so it, it could be a it's going to be a fun weekend. I'm not going to go for the whole festival. I think I'm just going to go for the pre-party because uh, it's just a bunch of really extreme shit, and I'm just not into it that much anymore. So, uh, and like you, going to Loudness and Bay, but that's all I have on the dockets. There's a few other shows that are optional, like Skid Row, Buck Cherry. Do I really want to see that? Probably not. Uh, probably try to see the Queensryche, uh, Marty Friedman show. Um, uh, and then there was, I think, one more show. Uh, looking at, oh, Black Label in Anthrax. Which, again, I have friends trying to push me to go. But I'm to the point, if the show's over 30 bucks, I'm done, I'm not gonna go. Unless I just, unless it's Iron Maiden. I've gotten that cheap. I have a mortgage now. Come on. Hey, 30, 30 bucks these days won't, won't even cover parking. Yeah, no shit. So I'm just basically going to club shows for the most part. Uh, well, you know, you know, I I definitely hear you on the um, on the destruction violence thing because definitely I love destruction. I mean, nothing like some classic German thrash. But you know, um, seeing violence is pretty rare. I mean, especially given. You know, Sean Killian's back at it after all his health issues. But I actually neglected to mention this is rumors is coming back to Fort Worth in March. I can't wait for that show. Nice, nice. So, ah, a lot of good shows coming up. So, Lee, why don't you play a song before we sign off here? I know you had something in mind. And why don't you tell us a little bit about the band that you want to play? 
All right. Well, this this is one of my favorite albums from last year. In fact, it made my top five albums. It's a band that's called AZ. And you might be wondering what that is. Well, that translates to Alder Zonder. And that's Fate, Fate's Warnings vocalist um, um, Ray Alder and their drummer, who also used to be in Warlord, Mark Zonder. Well, they, they put out a new album last year that's not Fate's Warning, and they insist it's not a project, but a full band that they plan to pursue more albums with. And it should definitely appeal to Fate's Warning fans, because it has that sound, but it's catchier. And it, you know, instead of being steeped deeply in metal, it has flavors of AOR and classic rock. It's really nice. great. Really, really catchy song. So it's like the Fates Warning sound, but with more more hooks and more catchy choruses. I definitely recommend it for anyone into heavy metal and uh, heavy AOR. Oh, sweet, man. Sweet. So what's the song you want to play, dude? I'll leave it up to you. Well, I think there's a song that I guess the... Uh... I've only heard one song, so I can't. Oh, yeah? I can't pick. I saw the video for a song called "Trial by Fire." That would be, yeah. That is definitely a great choice because that was, I believe that that was the lead-off single from from the album. In fact, I believe that I um, forwarded you that that um, that video. Yeah. It's a good song. Yeah. I mean, "Trial by Fire" is a great representation of what uh, Az sounds like for sure. Cool. Okay, let, let's play it. Good, uh, kind of a classic hard rock metal sound. I dig it. Like you said, it's got really good melodies. And uh, yeah, I was jammed to it. I was like, ah, I like that. That's nice. I'm a big Ray Adler fan too. When he joined uh, Fate's Warning back in the day, back in the 80s, early 90s ish, uh, I loved that dude's vocals. Well, Lee, hey man, it's been very cool having you on this show. Uh, appreciate you taking time to join me, my friend. This was fun. We'll have to do it again. Always, brother. But, uh, guys, uh, before we go, 
I'm going to leave you with the song. This is a new band I just discovered tonight. They're called After Dusk. And the song's called Stare at the Sun. Check this out. Lee. Dude, thank you. Rock on. I got a blind date. Well, she I think she's blind. She agreed to go. Oh! oh. No, uh, it's one of those things oh, where you No, so real quick before I leave, so we have a little thing here. Um, my buddy's side, you broke up with your girl. I was like, yeah. And I'm down about it. He goes, do I have a girl for you? I was like, you do. Who doesn't? <laughs> so... I was like, uh, all right, what do you, he go, I go, how, my, and, okay, I, I got, I really got to go, but I just want to get in this real fast. So I have a thing, I like younger women. So he says, because uh, my ex-girlfriend, she was 20 years younger. I'm not a perv, ladies. This is what I like. I like ladies that can keep up with me and not everybody at this age can keep up with me. So uh, anyway, I said, how old is she? He goes, uh, 51. I was like, oh, forget about it. No, sir. No, not interested. He goes, dude, you haven't seen her. I was like, what are you going to do? He goes, she's hot. I was like, ah, come on. He goes, dude, seriously. I go, are there filters? If there's filters, I don't want to see filters. He's like, dude, no filters. I've seen her. She's hot. And she's cool. And she's fucking crazy like you. She likes to do shit. She's out and about all the time. She's traveling. She's doing this. She's doing that. I was like, all right, show me a picture. I was like, whoa, hello. Ah, all right. I'll do that. I'll throw a burger down her throat. We'll see what happens. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to go on a blind date. I mean, she saw a picture of me. And she's like, okay, I'll go with that fucking goofball. Fucking bald motherfucker. She put that all in text. I'm like, I respect this girl. Already. I hadn't even met her yet. So, anyway, dude, uh, no, Lee's been fun. Uh, good catching up, my friend. We will do it again. And uh, guys, before we go, Lee, you can do it with me. We're going to give you two big holes. Oh. 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 Oh.